you know, he taught me a man never breaks his promises and uh, he never says something to someone he loves that will hurt them. And, you know, stuff like that. And uh, he really, he really, uh, he really helped me. He really showed me what the world is like in a lot of ways. Welcome to Each One Teach One, where wisdom takes the lead. I'm Ricky Monty, your guide on this journey of shared knowledge and wisdom. Let's dive in. I was supposed to wait until we did video. Okay. But, but, you know, looking at the analytics and you have the most re-watched or revisited uh, episode mm. um, out of all of the episodes streamed thus far. And I want to say it's about, when I checked it last, it was like over 168,000 on all streaming platforms. So um, that that's a blessing, you know, and just to be able to reach that many listeners, um, your voice was heard and your story was heard. And, you know, there's even a TikTok uh, that's trending now, you know, right now it just came out mm. uh, and, and you're in it and it's like your story is just so impactful and just hearing just that first part of just how from your eyes as a single barracks soldier mm. oh man like it, it's like people want that story and they're like finally so many like so like so many pfcs pv2s are like finally somebody's talking about us you know and i yeah. was like yeah okay all right well well how, how does it feel at first you know like hearing that you know because i text you you know quite often it was early you know me i know yeah <laughs> i bet you're like dude this dude's like me at like three in the morning four in the morning but how does that feel to uh know that that many people out there are actually listening and it resonates with them i don't know man it's it's a really weird feeling because you know i've never really been like like the popular type like that i don't want to say popular like i'm not i wouldn't say i'm a loner but you know, like I've never really reached that many people by like talking, and uh, I was telling Bree like I'm a, I'm a type of person that I like I, I really like to have gravity with my words, like uh, I like making sure whatever I say I I really mean it, and uh, you know whenever you think that way and you feel like you're not heard, it really you know it puts a damper on you. So knowing that there's people out there that really like listen and and can relate and learn from my story i don't know it was it's a crazy feeling it's just it's really cool it's it's it, yeah it just made me feel really good about myself and you know and that i'm i'm reaching out and touching other people absolutely man like you you doing you're doing your part you're yeah. doing your part and, and that's exactly what this was put together for so that you know each of the service members or just key leaders could just reach out and teach someone else and mm. it looked like you're doing that in so many different ways i just commend you on that um you know you're off to a whole new journey you're you're back home in california mm. uh, what are some things that you you know that you didn't think about prior to getting out that you wish you thought about um being back in general it, it's just you know it's home is never uh whenever you get out it's just home isn't anything what you expect and you know it's it you know the first i'd say the first couple months you know it's just nostalgia you know you're you're just happy to be back and you know you see your the family but you know all them friends you had whenever you left everyone always tells you that too when you're in but it, it's it's the god honest truth all them friends you had they're they're not gonna they're not going to know who you are anymore. Some of your family members aren't going to know who you are anymore. And, you know, it, it, it's no bad blood or anything. And just everybody has different paths in life. And you walked one way and they walked the other. And now that your paths cross again, it, what do you do? It's like you just you feel like you missed out on that time or did it feel like you kind of pressed pause and you thought that maybe you would be that's yeah that's you know it was it was a while ago some guy uh it was funny he was just going going back to you know people hearing me like if people give me a chance to talk and like like really talk i'm gonna try to 
you know, I'm, I'm, I want to try to reach out and have you remember our conversation. So uh, this guy, he was selling uh, sweatshirts and he was asking me what were we like the topic of the military came up and he was asking me what are some things that you learned in the military? Like, you know, outside of like the, the normal what everyone tells you, I think the number one thing I learned is the world does not stop moving. And I feel like whenever I join the military, uh, you know, for me anyway, it felt like I, I don't know why I convinced myself whenever I leave, everything is going to be uh, how it is when I left. And, you know, when I came back, there's all my friends, they got kids and some of them moved and, you know, and I'm just I'm kind of in the same position as when I left. So it's went a long way, and then yeah, now you're facing another path, and now you're looking down like, wow, I've started here, and mm-hmm. everybody's moved on. Exactly, it's kind of like I wouldn't say taking a step back, but you know, it kind of is. It's kind of like uh, I don't know, like you know, whenever most whenever most people leave the military, you you, you kind of like after a while you convince yourself not to look back. And whenever you do get back, you know, you're, you're kind of just like, oh, well, what now? Yeah. Because I, I always see it happen in stages. Like, personally, I haven't been through it yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I'm still in that rookie, the freshman phase. So everything's like, you still got that win, you know, like, I want to help. I want to do everything, you know. I'm yeah. Just, and I hope, you know, my hope is to not burn out. But I'm definitely going to put my family first. Definitely. Foremost, that you know, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, I owe them that because, like you said, I feel I feel the same way. Mm. Um, and, and I will. I just want to like capture those moments because I want to expand on what you said earlier, and I'll catch back up. But it's like those moments when you feel like you press pause when you left home. I just kind of think back to you know that moment when I stepped into that recruiter office and I had my earrings in and everything like that, mm. and like, my grandma's in. Like I just took them all out and like let everything go and I you know my grandma was upset you know but she understood that yeah that day that that day I was becoming a man and but Mm -hmm. it was it was like man I just was hoping so much that you know they would all understand why I was doing what I was doing and that the sacrifices that I planned on making exactly worth it you know yeah my 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 grandmother my aunties and my sisters my mom I have some strong queens in my life that helped me along that journey. So it's like whenever, you know, we press that pause button, so to speak, uh, mm-hmm. it's important to have those family members to keep you kind of in the know. Because when you go on those deployments, that's another big pause time. Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, you know, yeah. You Nothing ever is the same when you leave mm-hmm. and come back. You know, uh, the music's different. Uh, they built something different and people oh, do yeah. something different, like everything, you know, and it's like wow like you're in the future now you know exactly uh, i imagine that's kind of like what people feel like when they get incarcerated and come out but that's exactly uh, that's what i relate to the military a lot like, <laughs> it's it's like how much time you got left <laughs> it, yeah basically you know especially deployment it's it's i mean i've never been to prison but you know i've seen my fair share of docuseries yeah for sure <laughs> and, and, you know all it is is working out and waiting to get out and missing your family and, you know, not to mess up. <laughs> try, exactly. Trying not to, you know, and when you get home, it's never the same. And it's, you know, that could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. You know, experiences yeah. are different. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's like now you have to reintegrate, readapt. Yeah. Um, and like like that whole transparency that we have to have with ourselves is vitally important as well. Mm-hmm. Um, transitioning out of the military, um, isn't there's no like real big SRP so to speak I mean you have your your taps is there you know for you to do your transition assistance and stuff like that yeah but um, once that process is done and you receive that DD-214 hey bro hey sis you on your own yeah basically (laughs) I mean you on your own so now it's like all right you're off to the races so hopefully that plan that you implemented is actually going to take off and you have some type of backup plan or you have some type of certifications that you didn't waste your time Mm-hmm. in the military so yeah um, definitely you, you you definitely told us on the last episode that um we had together that you got your degree so i did how is that um helping you with the transition um 
honestly, man, recently, like, uh, you know, getting out, I've been getting out up until, you know, my gramps, unfortunately, passing. Life was sucking. It was just, it was just terrible. It really was. And I think up until uh, maybe two weeks ago, it's just been a complete turnaround. Everything's been going really, really good so far. I got a new apartment, got a new job with with that degree. Um, you know, everything's going really nice, really smooth. It's, it's it's weird. It's a weird feeling. That's like, you know, that's kind of good. It's kind of like you went through phases, almost like you, you were coming out of the military and mm-hmm. you know, condolences again to your grandpa, man. I, uh, uh, thank this, you. this episode definitely is dedicated to him, man. Um, you know, goes out to all the listeners who've ever lost a loved one, a significant person in their life that uh, they've had held to a high regard and still do. And the reason why they are who they are is because of that individual. Mm-hmm. Um, would you like to share any special story or? Um, anything from your grandfather that you could uh, motivate or inspire another person? Oh, man. He was... I could be on here forever telling stories about that guy. And that's fine. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. He motivated me a lot. You know, he, for the most part, he taught me to be the man I am today. And he was the one that taught me about, um, like I said earlier, having gravity with my words. He's the one that taught me, like, you know, it... Uh, they say it, in, I think it's Scarface. They say it that you don't, as a man, you don't really own anything in the world besides what you put out in the world. So you might as well make it, make it count. And just, you know, he taught me a man never breaks his promises, and uh, he never says something to someone he loves that will hurt them. And you know, stuff like that. And uh, he really, he really. Uh, He really helped me. He really showed me what the world is like in a lot of ways. He showed me that it's okay to find happiness in the, in the dark times. And, you know, sometimes you just got to suck it up, push through. And uh, that's just who he was. He was, but especially the happiness and the joy. You know, he was, for, for the people that know me, I'm not always miserable. <laughs> I, I like to be the person that likes, I like to make people laugh. You know, make people make people happy in times. Make people focus on something different of what's going on. Right. And he he is he's a big reason why that is. And you know, he's my best friend. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and he's proud of you. I know he is. And Definitely. He's and he's smiling and rejoicing that you are the man that you are today. Yeah. Um, and that you listened. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you know that is so vitally important. And seeing how significant he was in your life, and now that you have those lessons that you may pass down to your children, mm-hmm. um, that that's powerful. Um, and I really think with you having your voice heard on multiple platforms, it really, it really is coming full circle. Mm-hmm. Um, your time was not wasted. Uh, everything happens for a reason yeah and sometimes we we really don't understand and we really don't get to see it because we're so wrapped up but that journey that we took and it it all came together into building who you are Mm -hmm. like you are a strong young man like the things that you went through at such an early age I don't think most people would experience until they're about 50 man that that comes from him. Yeah, he was he was definitely a, a pillar of strength in my life. Absolutely, man. Like just, just like, you know, having having your grandfather there, you know, did he raise you like from from a young age or Yeah, yeah. Uh you know, growing up my parents they were around but they weren't really there for me, you know, emotionally or physically or any or not phys- no, I'm sorry. They weren't really there for me emotionally. They were just kind of, they kind of just felt like my roommates growing up and my grandfather, you know, he was always the person I can, I could come home to and say, Hey, Papa, I got an A on this. He always would take me out for ice cream or if something was going on at the house. Yeah. He'd always get me out the house and, you know, make sure that I'm cool. And, you know, as I got older, he'd be the one that 
he's the one that drove me and my prom date to prom. He's the one that uh, he's the one that took me to enlist and helped me get all my papers. And you know, he was he was just always there for me. And that's just who the person he was. He was he was always willing to give his shirt off his back and wash it to help you out. It goes a long way. It does. Those lessons, those lessons and just yeah, coming out of that environment and seeing what a strong man actually looks like is so important <laughs> having mm-hmm. this, like taking you out and going for the ice cream was such a small feat right but it was bigger than that it was like the words of affirmation he said exactly Good job the way he made you feel mm-hmm. like it's... you were important like that was big it was pivotal yeah it's something you never forget of course yeah because like had he done the opposite or if you went to go at show anyone your grades or any of your accomplishments and they really didn't care that would change your whole outlook mm-hmm it, it shifts your whole childhood. It does. When you walk around and you know people don't care or show little interest in the things that you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, um, that, yeah, that's what I loved about him. He was, you know, like like I said, you know, and I I don't mean like I'm not I'm not the type of person to berate my parents or anything like that. Right, because, of course. You know, if I like, I always think like, what would I do in that? position i don't know if i could be any better than them but it it is what it is but that's how they would uh that's what it was like it was i felt like my parents i could never really impress them unless i was doing something that they wanted and you know with papa he would always it didn't matter what what stupid activity i was into or new hobby i got or whatever he was all about it yeah and you know it, it really like especially I, of course at the time i loved it i loved he was there with me and but as i got older i really appreciated that because you know not many people would do that not many people's standing right next to you if you're doing some activity no one's ever heard of or you know standing out in the crowd and you always have someone there that that was just that was just really it was really i'm really grateful that i had him in my life absolutely man and mm-hmm. you're, you're sitting on so many key points and it's like making me reflect you know mm-hmm. it's like man like I, I really didn't think about it like that how key it was um to have that there because as a kid you're you don't it's so much you don't understand first exactly it's yeah. so much you don't get and you only have a narrow point of view um mm-hmm. and to all of my young listeners out there just stay encouraged and, and be patient with your parents um, and understand mm-hmm. that we all have our individual journeys. Granted, you didn't ask to be here. Mm-hmm. And I understand that uh, you didn't ask to be here. And parents, likewise, you shouldn't make your kids feel as though um, that they were something that was like a burden to you, you know. Exactly. Um, take out your life frustrations and personal things out on your child or whatever that may look like. Because it, it is gonna affect them traumatically later on in life there's mm-hmm. second and third orders of effects yeah kids never forget never never, never forget they remember uh the good and the bad you know mm-hmm. uh, and it's like they will always go back to that and they will naturally go to those who will support them you can tell mm-hmm. um from a mile away who um is supportive of their children and the way they react around them you know it, it really doesn't matter how far you go away um, when you joined the army, he was still there for you, you know? Oh yeah. Every step of the way. Yeah. And that was key. Also, you know, like I want to hit on that as well, with the parents side, like you said something that a lot of people, uh, as young parents, uh, struggle with. I was a young parent. I was 22 years old when I became a parent mm-hmm. and I've read caveman's guide to fatherhood, what to expect mm-hmm. when expecting. I mean, I watched all these documentaries on the whole like stages of childbirth. I wanted to understand everything, the embryonic cycle, like, how does it form? Like, how do you get this amount of that? Like I deep dive, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, there's no manual that's going to teach you how to raise a child. Mm-hmm. Um, every kid is different. And um, as parents, you're always going to be worried about the overall well-being so much that if they don't do something necessarily, you know, like you maybe you should do this, you should do it. Like, your kids will say no like that's not what i want to do you know we mm-hmm. get upset because it's like as parents you felt like you knew the best interest of the child or 
you should do it this way because maybe as a parent we found one way that worked <laughs> mm. not 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 like there's like all a bunch of like we just like nah this works so boom i don't want you to mess up this is for sure how it works do this mm-hmm. and it, it really it really stunts our children's growth um, yeah you have to keep that in mind parents um and i really i really had to catch myself on several occasions like with my um you know now i have two but with my oldest you know he really is active like i have i'm i'm extremely hyper you know me i'm five in the morning, I'm, <laughs> I'm yelling i'm running through the cough let's go i'm probably doing a backflip <laughs> like people are like dude this dude something wrong with him but he's the same way but so imagine younger bottle of energy he's in school he's trying to like explain all this stuff he knows about space he knows about all these new planets and different things and sports and like, he just wants to tell everybody stuff and he doesn't understand yet that he has to um kind of do that in the right setting so mm-hmm. i often try to just try to have different talks with him when it comes to stuff like that and sports because he plays football he plays rugby the boy plays soccer i saw he plays like what, what else is he like do basketball like and he's shooting threes. He thinks he's Curry. Like eh, the kids are ridiculous. <laughs> and like, like I'm one of those parents. Like if if you suck at a sport, like I'm like, hey, my man, keep it real. Yeah, hey, you suck. Like don't do that. Like this might not be for you. I'm gonna keep it real with you. But um, he also know I support him. Like I don't care what it is. Like if he's in the Nar- uh, Naruto or Naruto, however you want to pronounce it. Like I'm going all out about it. I don't care. Like I'm nerding out too. I'm learning a backstory because and that's, that's something he's never gonna forget right there. that's <laughs> for sure that's a, that's a great thing to have yeah man i mean for his last birthday i want to say um he, he he was big in the naruto so i like deep dove and found out like the rings to get and all that stuff so his friends could all match or whatever Dude, that's it's cool. like it's just those little things like as parents we had we get so busy with our life and mm-hmm. you know i'm active duty at the time you know i'm running yeah. from here to there, coming from Jersey, driving eight and a half hours, no sleep, get there, you know, I got pregnant, fiance, all, all type of stuff, you know, but I'm not making, you don't have, you can't make excuses for your kids because it's not their fault. None mm-hmm. of that. It's never, ever their fault. And you have to be readily available if they want something to tell you or if they want to reach out to share some of their personal victories. You need to be just as elated, if not more. Yeah. And that, what you, the story you told, I'm so glad you said that because it is you can see the look in the eyes like okay i'm gonna do this again if this is the reaction i get okay. yeah exactly that's that's see that's another thing he that uh, my gram's taught me is that he never told me it but you know it was one of them unspoken uh things is just keep keep that magic alive you know right. never never let your inner child die right that's key that, that is key. and yeah definitely that's i think that's one of the definitely one of the things i still carry with me today you know keep keep you know keep sure you make sure you don't let go of that inner child mm-hmm. that's a big lesson to learn guys like yo like i really um you know every time you say something it just gives me like that nostalgic uh feeling or nostalgia mm-hmm. but i think back to when i was like five or maybe four and i was like on rash street man rash street apartments and something mm-hmm. and uh, i just remember seeing something on because we didn't have cable we had like what's called like etv or pbs or something yeah. like that. <laughs> y'all you know you gotta watch those but back then hey those shows used to hit you know you got between the line and all that that's where i learned my spanish at i don't remember what it was for called. real that's true <laughs> that's true that is so true yo but I, they had like a um i think the like the regular shows like the cartoons went off but i was still watching it and it was like in egypt or something in africa and it was like discovering some stuff and i was like man i told my mom i ran around i was like i want to be an archaeologist she was oh like, yeah what you say like you're I'm preaching to the choir five years old bro saying that big word uh-huh and i was just convinced like and she just like she said something she was like you can you can do whatever you want to do if you put your mind to it mm-hmm. and it was like oh, okay I don't know why it was that important to me at that time, but I, I just was like, she was the president, you know, cause that was my world. That's, this is my yeah. house or whatever. She's my president. And she said, if you can be whatever you want to be like, I'm gonna go out to the world. Anybody I see, I told them, 
hey, my name is Ricky. I'm going to be an archaeologist. And they would <laughs> laugh, bro. I'm telling you, like, my mom will probably tell that story one day when I go video. But uh, I had these little big glasses. You know, I'm five, walking uh. around the store. And I'm just like, hey, I'm Ricky. I want to be an archaeologist. <laughs> She's like, all right, okay, all right, fine. And um, but but she would always, you know, when we get by ourselves, you know, riding back, whatever, she just always would just like tell me, yeah, you can do it, whatever you want to do. If you want to go travel, yeah, you can do it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I it's it just like I held that, I held that for so long. Like she told me I could travel, I could go and do it until like I made that a true reality. I traveled around this planet three times. Mm-hmm. You know, it you gotta believe in your kids. Like you Definitely. even though I didn't become an archaeologist, y'all. Yeah, I, mean, it was, <laughs> I was digging, I had an e-tool. I mean, you know, I was digging stuff. But yeah. uh, we was digging trenches, we had uh, you know, whack bags. But I definitely got to discover a whole new world. And yeah. that's kind of what I got to do. I got to see, you know, um Petra, you know, in Jordan. Uh, I got to go and dip rosary bees in the Jordan River for my grandmother. I, I got to go to Dubai and go to some of the rarest places. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, McGee. Oh, <laughs> we were, hey, I, hey, I, I'm, I'm going to just say this part because some of that I ain't never going to speak on because like, I'm one of those people. What we do is what we do. But mm-hmm. like, we were able to experience a part of Dubai and Abu Dhabi that most most people would never ever do even if they get that rotation they still won't get that experience. oh yeah yeah we we made sure we had a blast in dubai it was a lot of fun there yeah <laughs> even for your birthday we like hey we had a good time and i just mm-hmm. made sure and i was you know if you look back at those moments without saying too much like even though i like i knew it was birthdays i was like i want to make sure everybody have a good time because they yeah. went to afghanistan but i'm also gonna allow them to have free reign but they know that all right y'all this is the time hack this is when we doing this this is when we need to meet up mm-hmm. it, it was like having that ability to do that it's like i want you guys to see something that no one will because those moments that you're going to have those milestones those pictures or whatever you're going to take you're going to be able to inspire more people that from your hometown and you're going to exactly. be able to show them that hey it's possible yeah yeah you know? it's, it's one of them things you carry forever even if even if you don't get to bring a souvenir back you know it's 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 the memories that you you take with you and it's just even now like i i i, I look back at the snapchat flashbacks <laughs> and i just i'll show them to my girlfriend or something i'll be like you know man this i remember this day we did this this and this and you know this happened and and you know uh laser heat catted outside <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! He did in the promotion. Yeah, on my promotion, <laughs> he oh, fell flat on his back. <laughs> I gotta find the video. I got it somewhere. If you do, send it to me so I can send I it will. to him. I will. I might put that in the Patreon, dude. I forgot about that. Oh man, I, I, it I was just, reading orders, just... like attention orders. <laughs> so... Oh my gosh! Because Bando was reading off. The <laughs> he just looked at him like, "Oh shit!" Like leisure <laughs> dropped. Oh my gosh, leisure. We forgot to talk about that, buddy. You <laughs> lucky, leisure. We might have to come back and double back on that old Titan of Tennessee. Oh yeah, man. You know he would faint. <laughs> he, he was a fainter, man. He passed out with tail. <laughs> man, I I can't even believe I forgot about that story. Dang. <laughs> that's what i'm saying there'd be so much moments like it's it's yeah it's they're all buried in them i was talking to uh, leisure about this the other day actually like you know it, it's it's weird how you don't realize how much you remember and, until you start talking about it and then it's just <laughs> stuff starts coming up left and right yep <laughs> yep oh man i'm telling you that was <laughs> crazy and and like just be able to travel all around at one point i want to say for some reason we switched passports oh my gosh yes oh my gosh how did they confuse us let me tell you okay so like i said in the previous episode (laughs) i was admon so i left a month like yeah it was like a month earlier than everybody else Mm -hmm. and you stayed you weren't with me but nope. somehow, for some reason, I got your passport, and I made it through Scotland, yep, Turkey, 
one part of Afghanistan and the second part of Afghanistan. Yeah. And mind you, they're they're checking the passport, scrutinizing it too. And yeah. Like and here's when I knew here's when I knew something was up with Scotland. Uh-huh. So we got Scotland, right? And we're going through customs real quick. And uh, there's the dude and he's, you know, he's sitting on a chair and he's stamping everyone, looking at the picture, looking up at them, stamping them. Good to go. He got to me, stamps me, looks me up and down, looks at the passport, looks at me again. And he's like, all right, you're good. He's like, I don't want to judge him. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, why, why do you take his time on me? And then I think, I think I found out like later in Afghanistan or something. Yeah, because they told me, they was like, bro, check your passport. (laughs) We, like, finally got to where we were at in Afghanistan. And I, like, happened to, like, I think I dropped my passport or something. And I looked in it. And I was like, this is not me. This is is not not me, bro. We don't even look alike like that. (laughs) I had, like, a a business shirt on. (laughs) We didn't have anything the same. Nothing. I was like, wow, this is got to be funny. <laughs> so every time I, w- I think I had to go through Ireland. I think I went to Shannon. And uh, like, it was looking like you were all sitting in there. They didn't want to say nothing. The lady's like blushing. I was like, what's the matter? She's just like, nothing. I was like, you sure? <laughs> like, she was like, I don't want to say it. I was like, I walked off. I was like, yeah, she don't want to say that. All black people that was like- so funny. <laughs> I was like, how... This is a joke. How did I make it all this way? Oh, and not God. one person questioned me. Not no one, one even asked. Like, yep. <laughs> no yep. So it. Checks out. He's 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 about the same tone. Yep. Yep. About the same. <laughs> he just, uh, I guess he's been inside for a couple days before he left. That's <laughs> crazy though. I, I remember I was just like, man, like, well, I guess it's more tatted up. My my passport's more tatted. That's crazy. I got a couple extra stamps on there. <laughs> <laughs> It's that all right. For sure. It's that a was funny a story to tell. Yeah. Golly. Like that, that Avon experience. Y'all went ahead and pushed out and just kind of really had to defend on your own too. Because like y'all really had to set, establish things and set things mm-hmm. over. Um, can you, last episode we kind of didn't talk about kind of like the left seat, right seat process of when you're getting in the country. But like, you know, there's a unit that you're going to replace. Yeah. So, you know, for you, as you know, the five directions, like what what are some some of the key things that you're kind of doing at your level as a you know enlisted soldier, trying to left seat right seat with that soldier? Um, well, first off, like the first couple of days, you're just kind of they're just kind of briefing you, like what you're there. You're basically when you start off, you're just comparing routines to see what you can change or if you can just adapt or uh, I'm sorry, if you can adopt what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So it's just a lot of just sitting there, seeing what they're doing. They're telling you where things, how things work there, what you can do, what what they did, stuff like that. And then, then um, you start putting in your equipment. And then, uh, you know, usually what most units do, or what we did anyway, is help them on their uh, shifts. And in our case, uh, I help them on the shift. <laughs> mm-hmm. I remember. Oh my god. It was they were just... talking about it. Those shifts were crazy for y'all, huh? Yeah, they were. At the first whenever cuz whenever uh we replaced the guys, they didn't really shoot. I think the last time they said they shot was a couple months before. So like it was chill. It was just super boring. It was I'd be sitting there for hours. Like I'm not talking 3 hours or 5. I'm talking like 16. <laughs> and uh today <laughs> I remember the well. I only let me correct myself. I, usually it was eight hours, but the last day it was sixteen, and that's whenever everyone else came. Right? Yeah, yeah. But, but we flew in finally because they kept pushing back. Cause I know the fight was okay. So based off of um, older episodes, we kind of discussed that the fight was in the north initially when we were when Avon got there, mm-hmm. and then as we were getting there, I guess they were like, "Oh yeah, we're going back home. We're going yeah. back down to the south." So. We couldn't even barely get in because we're we're trying to get in as they're crossing, <laughs> mm-hmm. and they're taking birds down like or shooting at the um, helicopters and stuff. So exactly, they're like, "Nah, we can't even like we won't even take y'all over there right now because it's like people have to understand this isn't just like a heavily populated city. Like you gotta fly into a bowl, like it's into like a mountain size. Yeah, you know? and um, like when it when it's a sandstorm, you can't see anything. 
anything anything you can't see the moon or nothing in the yeah sky, like nothing oh my gosh yeah i forgot about them sandstorms dude they it's were eerie. it's eerie. nuts there get that <laughs> like the apocalypse yeah facts like i imagine <laughs> like i always would think about like man these skies are so clear you know a lot of stars i've got I, I would look up and see all these beautiful stars and then like you just see it roll in like the <laughs> sand bro i'm like yo this is like a freaking leg or something yeah it was yeah that was scary <laughs> then you start hearing mortars right? like they know it's like complete darkness now mm-hmm. it's like boom 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 it's like all right here it comes <laughs> oh my gosh yeah i got like a couple clips like with like an idf in the background stuff i was trying to figure out how i was gonna um like edit that and just kind of like because people are like what are sounds of war like and i just because there's so much like cliche stuff that's behind it i want to kind of to like implement that on the patreon because i don't think that this platform everybody you know should be exposed to that but if for those that yeah. want you know i'll put it on patreon for war sounds whatever but um yeah like it, it was a lot you know and i felt like in the past episodes i don't think that when we had our conversation or leaders conversation we ever discredited any other platoon um, and I think that was misconstrued from multiple angles and to the point where I felt like initially I was like, you know, it, maybe it's not shade. But then I, um, I got a lot of feedback. I mean, when I say a lot, I mean a lot of feedback mm-hmm. from multiple individuals. And I'm like, yeah, nah, that's a little shade, man. Like, uh, it's conflicting. You know what I mean? So I want to set the record straight. Um, we are presumed we we did absolutely everything we had to do in order to be in that position. Um, that we weren't even supposed to even get the bulk of what was happening because the fight was supposed to be in the north. Exactly. That was, that, that was proven. It was factual um, and agreed upon. We spent uh, the amount of time in the field, countless hours. We never messed up on any R3Ps or any other events throughout the whole training exercise, which is mm-hmm. why our platoon was able to uh, perform tirelessly uh, without having any uh, mechanical issues. And we had fast reloads, too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, I, I just want to make that blatantly clear. Um, I, I didn't know, I didn't say any other platoon uh, was lesser than we were. We just had work ethic and I spoke on our platoon's work ethic because that's from our perspective. And, exactly. you know, men lie, women lie, but numbers don't. Numbers do not lie. And if, you, if anybody would sit here and say that their uh, chiefs were doing a faster reload than our platoon, then... Uh, I would love to have you on the show. <laughs> I would just say that for <laughs> I would love to have you on the show so we can sit in and compare and contrast. I would exactly put that Venn diagram together for a show. Yeah, no, and it's so, yeah. You know, no one needs to take it personal like that. It was yeah. I don't know why it was. It was I'm like mm. <clears throat> the it was our experience and it was the it was it's what happened to us and you know yeah, it like it, it's not. I'm not. I would never say like your service didn't matter i'm not saying that at all right but it's we're, we're gonna it, give everybody a chance like just don't feel like mm-hmm. oh no like well what you trying to say y'all were the man like no like okay, not yeah so. not no, no no not saying that we were better than anybody by any means but just more so saying that we were we were the best we were at the best uh capacity for our experience and everyone's experience is different and everyone has different situations they're in and ain't nothing ain't nothing to discredit yeah absolutely like i will give credit to do like everybody did what they had to do mm-hmm. and that just kind of goes to speak to uh you know what i what we were kind of saying like when it came time for you know cab orders and stuff like that why we got denied initially from our original headquarters because of like people having ill feelings about well they did something that we didn't do exactly so, like if it, it was like almost like this is why we felt as a platoon that we were by ourselves like yeah y'all come for us like for what like we we had to prove everything every step of the way exactly that's um, see that's that's what that would that, just to reiterate what i said that last episode that was one of the main like red flags why i was why, why i really wanted to get out because you know, it felt like we're all brothers and sisters in arms up until one of us gets an award that somebody else doesn't. Mm-hmm. And then uh, all of a sudden, everybody is, you know, you know, hey, you, what about me? Yeah, what about me? I'm a LT that sat in this place, or I'm, I'm, I was there for a day, or you know, like 
stuff like, like cool, that, bro. And, cool, bro. or or you just pe- just people blatantly saying like, yeah, he's especially this right here. Yeah, he's a he's a PFC. He can't get that award. He's not high. I'm so glad you segued there, man. I yeah, that do was, not like that. <laughs> that was ridiculous. That was you can't give this individual an award based off of the rank. Yeah, but I, I mean, not even that. It was just it was just the idea of saying that. Like, so you're telling me that because even though I I completed this or I I, I did this. And that you know that it was award worthy. I can't get it just because I haven't been in the army as long as you have. It's the crab in the bucket mentality. Yeah. Because they they don't want you to go back and wear your ASUs and have four ribbons, but one of those ribbons outrank all of theirs. Yeah. And you know what I mean? It's like they just it's like, no, if the success is there, if the story is there, give people the credit they deserve and take your ego out of it. Exactly. You, given the opportunity, you know, you would have been in that situation. Um, you would have wanted to be glorified for doing the things that exactly. You've done. And I find it super ironic that now, when I finally uh, gather things and put things in order that I've been working diligently over for five years, mm-hmm. uh, now everybody wants to have be hurt. So mm-hmm. I just feel like. Um, we should just all kind of like work together in in an aspect of not trying to just show division, but yeah. but realize think, that these platforms is for us to kind of like teach back another generation of how exactly. they should kind of like be inclusive. Yeah, that and that's that's uh, brings me back to like the transitioning thing, because you know, being I'm not the type of person like that. I don't go around asking for veteran discounts and stuff like right. that. I don't. I don't, I don't really want. go to veteran bars, but only because the the it's so hard finding a veteran community that you feel like is welcoming or can help you grow because it's always you know it's always they're always comparing and their experiences to yours and granted a lot of the older ones okay yeah they did do a lot of (laughs) yeah they did a lot of metal stuff but you know they had the gear was different too, and I think that's it what was, it was. It's like, I, I got shade from it, like I, not to cut you off, or not. Mm-hmm. I just feel like you know, that's definitely true. Like the generation before us, they mm-hmm. had different equipment. They couldn't do certain things that we could do. Exactly, they did have the you know environmental controlled units. I bet they'd probably use. You know, um, I just know, you know, just, just it's simple as just Nike boots. <laughs> Yeah. They didn't have them. They had like old school, like, you know, leftovers and stuff like that. But, you know, every generation we've evolved in what we do. Like, they didn't fight with muskets either. So, exactly. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you weren't marching straight in the line. Like, you, you were using some guerrilla warfare tactics too. <laughs> so, like, don't like, like, how far do you want to reach back and say, back in my day, like, you got to, like, exactly. knowledge is going to always forever evolve. Yeah. I, I think that's just been like so far, like, going back to the transitioning thing. I think that's what's been one of the hardest things is is just trying to find people to relate to, especially I mean, depending on where you're from, you know, certain states, there's a lot more veterans around your age, like in states like like Ohio or Texas. But like here in California, there's not really that many or at least where I live, there's not that that many vets around my age that, you know, I can relate to and like uh, because, you know, like I said, it's it's a lot of. You can meet a vet and they're always going to tell you, where'd you serve? Uh, you know, back in my day, that was nothing. You know, like, like the, <laughs> the comparing thing, like. Like, well, like, you weren't fighting ISIS, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's Different just, caliber, different, like, skill, like, skill sets. Um, exactly. Whole another different type of uh, mindset behind that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I said, like, you, that's it's important to appreciate everybody's um, story because of the things that they've been through. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love to sit there and listen to the older guys. Like I will go and listen. Oh, to I do like, too. The old homes, like the old folks, homes and stuff like that. But they even the veteran retirement homes too, just because they just want someone to hear them out. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so much we don't know in lost history, sitting in homes with uh, you know no one to capture that and kind of like see why they are the way they are. And that's why so many veterans shut down and don't talk because they don't feel like they'll ever be heard. Exactly. That's that's I think that's been the biggest thing. Like uh, I've noticed that, like I said recently, like 
I feel like I haven't really been heard up until this podcast and and just like recently like I, I feel like now that I'm being heard I feel I feel like I have purpose I think that's one of the that's what I, I think is the biggest uh, obstacle whenever coming out of the military is finding finding your purpose because you know whenever you're in you know what your purpose is you know I'm getting ready to deploy I'm gonna go blow some people up and I'm gonna come back home that's what your purpose is <laughs> and and you know that's it's cliche to say but it's true like you you know what you're getting for I'm gonna fight and win America's wars exactly yeah like even if, even if you don't believe that but you know what your goal is Absolutely. and you know when you come home from that environment it's kind of just like you know alright what, what do I do now I'm a I'm no longer McGee I'm Essex and mm-hmm. you know I'm what you what do you do now and i think that was that was definitely a very hard uh hill to climb is finding what i felt is my purpose and i i still feel like i'm climbing it and um yeah it's i think that's one of the things that it's not really talked about that often i don't feel like i feel like transitioning out of the military isn't really spoken about as often as it should be because it's it's one of the uh, uh if i'm not mistaken transitioning out of military is the time period where the most uh suicide related deaths are yeah it is because like i said it's 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 very hard for people to find where they fit in the world that's changed from when they were gone well and it's that plus you know for the guys on a regular line unit Mm-hmm. You got to understand, like, you've been on go for, you know, however long you've been serving. And then now you're going through that transition to get out. Your purpose is gone, like you said, but also the alienation of yeah. everyone saying, you know, basically you're in the, you know, rear platoon or rear D battery or whatever they want to send you off to because you're no longer an asset. That's, yeah, so that's, they're that's just re- like yeah. reconfirming your subconscious saying like man i'm not worth anything now like man look at me look at me now they're like doing the roll call and like yeah we got one getting out like they're saying one is that a cap or sfl tap whatever they were calling it mm-hmm. and it's like it just like hits you yeah every you, single day every time they do that report yeah yeah you, it, it, that's see that's i've never understood that either like getting out the military i don't know why people in the military take it so personal that you're getting out but they really do like because it's that mentality of uh and you have to understand the doctrination of like never quit i would never leave a fallen comrade like you, but you they do leave a fallen comrade yeah that's true in that sense they do and that's if you really they really do. want to adhere to that soldier's creed you got to tighten up fellas that tighten that's up. that's facts it's, you know like like i said it's not <clears throat> Not everybody joins the military for the rest of their life, you know. It's it's if you want to do four con uh, of one contract, that's fine. If you want to retire out of it, that's fine. That's your journey, that's your experience. But you don't know what people have going on. You don't know if people enjoy it. And would you? Why would you force someone in the military that doesn't enjoy being in the military? That's what makes America's military so great. Is because people want to be in it. Right. All volunteer force. And exactly. And it's just. I don't know like it was that was another like thing like I'm like you know like I know I'm telling people I'm getting out but like no one is really like of course there was there was still like there was of course there was some good apples people there I definitely had support yet now but but you know it's you gotta you could see the light but you gotta you gotta you can't ignore the darkness around the light yeah Uh, a, a lot of the other support was just non-existent or like you know, I remember getting out. Um, I didn't even get like a good out speech. I didn't even get a, and that that was one of the things I wanted to do. And, and it wasn't even out of malice. I didn't want to get up there and say, you know, screw you, Captain, kept me in. <laughs> you know, it, it, right. it's just like just the simple things, just to get like your rights of passage. Yeah, uh, you were taught for so long in the military. Everything was done off of you know heritage and how. Exactly. In, in order now. And tradition and yeah. Tradition and then, doesn't matter when it comes to me. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. I remember I was at I was just at the, at the time I say you know I just want to get out. I don't even care. But you know, looking back, it was one of the things like you know that was that would have been cool if 
you know, I would have got to speak my mind one last time or, you know, I, I got the floor for once and everybody heard my last goodbye or whatever. And I don't know, it just really, it really displayed uh, how much they care about you. And it's, it's up until they don't need you anymore. Wow. It's like realizing I was a serial number. Yeah. Or just like a, a sensitive item that you had on your hand receipt, huh? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so leaders, be mindful and be cognizant of how we handle soldiers transitioning out of the military. And I get that, you know, the military is designed that we have to build our units like shark's teeth. And mm-hmm. one fallout, we, well, one steps up, you know, like our, our whole army song, it go rolling along. Yeah. You know, we got to go rolling along. But at the end of the day, understand that taking that tactical pause, having that five minute counseling session, that transition counseling session to assure that your service member that you was in charge of for three to five years it has a plan before they go through the transitional uh, mm-hmm. assistance program, because you as a leader, that is part of your duties and responsibilities. Exactly. If you are shying away from your responsibilities because it's 1700, nah, you got it figured wrong, buddy. And mm-hmm. you got to really take those stripes off and, and really assess your whole character. Because if you're just wearing stripes and you're not doing these things to ensure that those service members get taken care of diligently, then you're just a tiger. You're just mm-hmm. a zebra or exactly. some other speckled striped animal because or, or maybe you're sponsored by adidas because you're not doing your necessary things that you need to be doing as a leader and it really i don't want to get too passionate about this because i don't want to get on the soapbox but when i see leaders like that man it just really upsets me because i don't even want to classify you as a leader because that's not what leading is um yeah i agree you really got to do the right thing uh, and i just really am sorry that i wasn't there long enough to kind of like you know make sure that that happened properly for you no man you can't i don't i don't blame anybody for it there i can't i can't uh i can't be angry about somebody else's position in life because i don't know what they were going through i don't know what you know it was the path that was laid out in front of me and i walked it and i can't i can't be mad that i walked it alone because at the end of the day i learned from it and i grew from it and you know, sometimes sometimes it's better to see the worst the worst way out or the the, the I shouldn't say the worst way out the. Um, the not as good way out, I like because, to think of that the reality, you know, mm-hmm. like the fog is lifted. Exactly. Now, when you went to see the Wizard of Oz and you did everything you were supposed to do. And now it's like, you know, the little man's got a megaphone and it's like now it's like, all right, well, I'm exiting stage left. I got what I was supposed to do. I, I got what I was supposed to get out of this and uh, now I'm supposed to do this last part. All right, now I'm going back home and, and focusing on what I can now do to better myself, knowing that I have myself now. Everybody I thought that was with me for this journey fell off. Everybody that I thought was, you know, going to root for me and have my speech and held me high, they're not there. And I think that realization sits in and initially it does stink. Mm-hmm. because you expect people to do right by you the same way you would do right by them. Yeah. But it's important to have that happen. So when you do become successful, you know who is truly for you. Exactly. And never forget who was for you because, like, you know, sometimes we get so elated when we finally get a piece of that, you know, success or our version of success that mm-hmm. we want to take everybody with us. But you got to remember jets don't come with all those seats you know exactly jets only got exactly. like 12 to 16 seats you can't take everybody with you mm-hmm. so yeah you that's take the real ones man that's 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 what i've learned through life going on is that that the waves of adversity always wash the fake ones away absolutely always the, always the real ones will be standing right by you they'll never been and you know the the more waves the 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 uh, truer your vision is on judging who you need to surround yourself with. Absolutely, man. And, mm-hmm. and I, like I, I do that often. Like 
I just look at everything from a, like a psychological operation standpoint. And I mean, I guess it's the fault of the military, but it's like sometimes you got to vet people. You got to check them. I, I don't want to like I tell some people different stories just so if it come back, I know who said what. Yeah. You know, I learned that from Elon Musk. You know, he sent out a, he, he told a story. I want to say he was on uh, Lex Friedman's podcast and he told a story about how they were trying to figure out who was leaking um, uh new updates or they were going to release some some type of up technology or whatever and um he was trying to figure out who was leaking it in the company so he literally sent out emails to every single person right mm-hmm. and the dude shifted words of the verbiage of each email so when it leaked he knew exactly, knew exactly where it yeah. came from you know and i do that I do, and then I just when I realize who it is or where it's coming from, I just silence myself and I remove myself because you don't you don't become successful by you know growing yourself, which is a flower around weeds. You can't do it; they'll they'll suffocate you. Mm-hmm. I agree. I definitely agree with that, McGee. You know, we've had so many great conversations. And you told a whole host of new ideology behind what it is to be a soldier transitioning. Um, I'm truly thankful for this opportunity again to have you on the show. Definitely. Yeah, man. Like, you know, you always have a place here and we're still going to go for a video when I get to Cali. Always, man. I'm always happy to be on, you know, whatever you whatever you need someone to talk about. Always call, call me up. I'm more than welcome to talk. Yeah, man, I appreciate it, man. I'll definitely always keep you in mind. Um, and, you know, here on Each One Teach One, we always try to teach the next generation. So before we go, is there anything you want to leave the listeners? I do. Uh, so <clears throat> going back to my grandfather uh, passing, uh, whenever he passed, I watched uh, Interstellar. And I know this is this is a little cliche, but there's a quote on there that really reached out and touched me. And it's, uh, let me, it's, uh, do not go gentle on that good night. And, uh, I didn't, so I didn't, uh, really get it from the movie. I got it more so just because, uh, just because it really embodied my grandfather as a person. And I would, I think people, it's by Dylan Thomas. I'm sorry. And basically, should I, you want to read the quote? Go ahead, brother. You got it. Okay. It's by Dylan Thomas. Do not go gentle into that good night. Old age must burn and rave <clears throat> at close of day. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. Though wise men at their end no dark is right, because their words have forked no lightning. They do not go gentle in that good night. Grave men knew death who see with blinding sight. Blind eyes could blaze like meteors and be gay rage rage against the dying of the light and you my father there on that sad height curse bless me now with your fierce tears i pray do not go gentle into that good night rage rage against the dying of the light and uh so basically that's just saying like i said earlier um don't let go of that magic of being yourself don't 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 go gentle to that good night. Don't go easy. Make sure that you live in your life. Uh, just because things are dark, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. And, you know, even if you hit rock bottom, the only way's up. And surround yourself with people that love and care about you and that are there for you. And if, like I said in the last episode, if nobody's there for you, you're there for you. Become your own best friend. Um, love yourself love people that love you back thank you so much brother for sharing that with us Uh, no problem and I admire your courage and continued journey uh, to receive all of your true blessings that is in store for you thank you thank you for all your support and your love and letting me get on this platform talk and you know reaching out and touching people that you know haven't really been related to or needed to be heard as well i'm glad i'm i'm on here and got the opportunity to help people and have people listen to what i have to say is it's it's really it's a really uplifting feeling thank you very 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 much 
Absolutely, brother. Really nice. Always. And I just glad to have you again. And you always have a place, bro. Just uh, much love. Get you some rest. And um, until next time, guys, stay inspired. As we wrap up this episode of Each One Teach One, remember that the ripple of knowledge knows no bounds. I'm Ricky Monty, your companion in the pursuit of wisdom. Until our next enlightening exchange, keep passing on the torch of learning because together we're lighting the way to a brighter, more knowledgeable world. Stay inspired.